Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today, and I'm so honored that you were able to find some time out of your busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to talk about business coaching. I recently read an article that went like this. There is increasing evidence that coaching is one of the most powerful ways of developing people and adding to the bottom line business performance. A study of Fortune 1000 companies using coaching showed these percentages of executives reported the following benefits from the co- from coaching they received. So in uh, there was an increase in productivity by 53%. There was an increase of retention of senior level employees by 32%. Reduction in cost, 23%. Increased bottom line profitability was 22%. Those are some major numbers, folks. They really are when you're looking at a business. So, So my guest today is Susan Nelson. Susan is a certified executive coach and founder of Delta 3C Coaching. She is recognized for harnessing the power of her distinctive combination of certified coaching credentials and results-oriented facilitation strategies. So please help me in welcoming Susan to the show. Hey, Susan. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for having me, and welcome to all of the guests that we have online. Absolutely. So um, I am really excited to hear about how you have helped small businesses, entrepreneurs, franchisees um, in, in strengthening their leadership team before we get started with that, Susan, I'd like to hear a little bit more about you and how were you attracted or why were you attracted to coaching? Thank you for that, Linda. Um, sure, we, we can start back with history. Um, I, was, I found myself working in the energy industry and was leading a publicly traded company with their communications function. And as much as many, many folks in the industry will attest to, um, layoffs happen, and I happened to get caught in one of those layoffs. And as I was looking for my next career success, I did some some soul searching and did some coaching, quite frankly, and discovered that one of the things that really lit me up and made me really excited about the role of communications and leading communications was the ability to coach and support others to be more successful with what they were doing. So that was the genesis of it, and I jumped in and started my training. And quite frankly, for those of you out there that are entrepreneurs or small business owners, I actually had five clients before I ever started my official training. Oh, nice. That is, that is nice to have that waiting for you in the ring, wings before you even get started. So, Susan, the name of your company, 
Delta 3C Coaching. There's got to be something behind that name. Oh, absolutely, Linda. There's a purpose for everything, isn't there? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, communications background, there's some marketing background in there as well. So what was really important for me is to drive results, um, especially for businesses, entrepreneurs, franchisees, like you were discussing earlier. Um, if you're going to put in the time and the energy and the money as, as a form of investment, you really want to see what that ROI is. And so for me, it was really important to have a name for my business that showcased that. So anyone who has ever proofed a paper or has worked in accounting or in um, engineering might know that that delta, that triangle, that is a symbol that establishes change. Mm. And I wanted to support others to have sustainable change in their businesses and their professions. And so that's where the delta comes from. And then the 3C got added after I was in business for a couple of years because I discovered that many of my clients were walking away with, with either one or a combination of the, the following three things, which was they had more clarity, they were able to be more creative and innovative within their industry or within their careers, or they were more confident. And quite frankly, wow. confidence is one of the things that I work on a lot with executives and leaders because if you can come off as confident, you are much more believable and you build that trust with your employees, with your vendors, with your shareholders, and with, with everyone else that you're dealing with. Mm, I agree 100%. You know, Susan, something that I'm noticing here. So, folks, let me just say, uh, if you're listening to this recording, it is October the 20th of 2020. So, you know, that pandemic word is still hanging around. And what I'm noticing, Susan, is those franchises that have been able to pivot, and I think we've used the word pivot more in the last few months than we have in our lifetime. But mm. more uh, companies were able to quickly pivot and um, and and reevaluate the situation uh, and and be able to lead their team better if they if they were did have some of those skills uh, if they were solid in their leadership. So tell me a little bit about what you have seen during this time and how. It, it is important to have good, strong leaders at the top. So, um, so some of the characteristics that have really come out and supported this pivot for leaders is, is that level of emotional intelligence that makes them very okay, not comfortable, but okay with showing empathy, being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and acknowledge that something's different for them. So that emotional intelligence piece is huge for leadership, and learning to develop that is an ongoing journey for many of us um, because it's not really a destination. But so that, so that, that emotional intelligence. Um, the other thing I've noticed is those that have extreme business acumen. You don't have to be smart in every business or in everything, but you have to have real clarity for yourself as to what, your niche is and where your value proposition sits and continue to evaluate it and does it still hold true and have that 
confidence, as we mentioned before, to be able to shift gears with that business acumen. And as many entrepreneurs have, I think it's that unforgivable drive. You know, it's just you don't even you don't even care if somebody else thinks that you're so driven that you look a little crazy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's I think the things that are really helping some folks through this pandemic, and and by using those characteristics, um, some of the things that I've also seen are leaders who are able to continue to communicate very clearly and very often, and what mm-hmm. the vision is, even if that vision is shifting and changing as the environment is changing. Um, mm-hmm. Probably. The next thing I would think is is mindset. I do a lot of mindset work with clients, and it's that space of moving from it being a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, being able to look at things different, look for the opportunities and the gifts in what is approaching and what we're dealing with, including a pandemic. So for me myself, what I've discovered is that um, not only do I do coaching, I also do some training as well, and any in-person training obviously um, got kiboshed pretty quickly long about March, and um, I've learned new skills, and the opportunity was to be able to do more coaching and to do training in a virtual environment, and how do you shift and change and support that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Susan, because another thing I'm noticing as I'm interviewing the, the leaders and uh, founders of some of these franchises is that new products have come out of this pandemic. And what I love about that, Susan, is that uh, I see leaders that are no longer trying to just uh, make a square peg fit in a round hole because that wasn't going to happen in the pandemic. The pandemic has set the, the rules to the game and you don't get a vote in it. So to see these leaders that are actually uh, leveraging this time and they're coming out of it stronger because now they've opened up a different market. So what Absolutely. you're talking about is just beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those that have been really successful in being able to open up a new market Um, probably did the work way before the pandemic ever showed up um, to build reserves. And building reserves, meaning, you know, financial reserves, being able to build up talent reserves, being able to build up your own personal reserves so that when you are dealing with something unforeseen, you're able to have a little bit of cushion, a little bit of breathing space to develop Mm -hmm. those new products, to innovate, to truly drive your business in a way that has adjusted with what's going on in, in the market. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and an, another thing that I've seen happen is um, in a mom and pop type of business, they get very excited when they start seeing uh, profits and they will take those profits and they'll go buy a ranch out in mm-hmm. South Texas or they'll buy the RV. And then when a crisis happens, and folks, if you're in business or even if you're not in business, you have to know at some point there's going to be a, 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 a crisis of some sort. Of course, we've never seen anything like this pandemic, but be somewhat prepared. And then 
when they saw, when they stepped into a bit of a crisis, maybe it was a downturn of the economy, they were, what is it called, asset rich and money poor, something like that? Mm-hmm. And they weren't ready for it. So how do you help your clients better understand their responsibility to the company um, to make sure that it is healthy, financially healthy? Yeah, insolvent, right? That's what we're looking for is insolvent businesses. Mm-hmm. And really working on that balance, absolutely, working on that balance of um, how do I pay myself when it's fair and equitable and right. where do I pay the company? What, right. Where is that balance and how do you do that? And some of the things are um, really looking at the accountability of, of what you're accountable for, for the business, for your family, for yourself, for the community even. So where does that accountability lie? Um, a lot of times with coaching, we work on money, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, I, I like to talk about it as what's your personal relationship with money. Because your personal relationship with money is going to extend into your business relationship with money. And getting really clear as to where you want to be and how to get there, as well as what what all are you responsible for underneath that? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So with that, it's um, much of the time coaching goes into conversations that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable to have that conversation around, you know, I'd really rather buy the RV. This is really mm-hmm. important for me to do versus, okay, if you buy the RV, is it still, can you still make it solvent if you need those assets? Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, that's one of the reasons many companies fail, is a lack of cash flow. Right, right. So, Susan, when you are working with clients, where do you start? I know you talked about mindset, uh, and I think so many times, whether it's a, um, a small mom-and-pop shop or whether it is a franchise, uh, it's, it's the person at the top that will will drive the company and that can be a very healthy drive and they move forward or maybe they they restrict themselves so where does that conversation start susan well it's interesting linda because when i think about business coaching specifically um I think about five different areas and everything tends to fall into those from a business perspective. And so we decide what we're going to work on and set those five areas. We actually either fix something that's broken. You've identified something that's not working or we work on you wanting to start something that beginning Mm -hmm. space, like much of your franchisees. I want to begin a business. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes we work on the other end of that, which is finishing something. I've got this product that's been in development for five years, and I don't know how to cross the line with it. I do a lot of work with that. Um, I work with the Texas Medical Center with their um, innovation program that they bring in new entrepreneurs in the medical space, whether it be device or technology. And I've been an executive coach over there for about three years now, uh, working with those founders and those executives on, on usually that one was a lot on finishing you know, either finishing their funding, their fundraising and trying to get their seed rounds funded or trying to get their product across the line. So that third space is finishing something. Uh, 
the next thing I would put out there is that work on a continuum. So we're trying to make something big and, and make it small or have something small and make it big. So mm. you just mentioned money. It might be profits. So we've got small profits and we want to make them big. Or the opposite side of that might be debt. And so we have more debt than we want. It's big and we want to make it small. So working on that continuum. And then the last area that, that uh, shows up in business coaching is one that I work in very deeply and heavily and it shows up a lot, which is working on a role. Um, not a dinner role, but a role as in how you engage <laughs> within the business. And whether that role is leading or managing or delegating, you, that influencing and that authority, that leadership space. And I spend a lot of time there because that influences all of the other four. So we get mm-hmm. really clear on where you are and what's going on, and then we design surefire strategies to be able to move you forward to where that vision is. Mm-hmm. And Susan, does this work, does the same strategy work for leaders of a small company versus um, a, a corporate executive? So I think that's a really great question, Linda, because sometimes we like to shift. Um, I work with clients that have started small businesses to I, I have clients with more than 10 Fortune 50 companies. It worked the gamut. Um, speaking of continuous from big to small. And there is overlap. There's significant overlap. When you're looking for a coach to support you in your business or your career, the biggest challenge that you have is to find a coach that will work with you where you are. Mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. My, my phrase on that is, I stand wherever, wherever my client's boots are, that's where I stand. So if we're in a big corporate environment, that's where we work. And if I'm dealing with someone who's starting off a brand new business as an entrepreneur, that's where I stand and that's where I work. And Mm -hmm. because much of my work is in that space of the roles that they play, there is much overlap. Um, Mm -hmm. Communications, HR, how they engage. Because businesses are only as successful as the people behind them. Right. So, Susan, if somebody's listening and they're, they're, um, you've piqued their interest, um, tell me a little bit about what it looks like to work with, with you. Is this a group coaching sessions or is it um, one-on-one or a combination of both? What, what does that look like, Susan? So currently, um, I work with most of my clients one-on-one. Um, from that executive coaching space or business building space. Um, And so we have weekly conversations that we set up a schedule and a cadence that works for that client on a monthly basis. We get really clear on what the goals are, um, what those overarching goals are, and then we set out the plan and work the plan. Um, Mm -hmm. And really work what's getting in their way of getting it done because that's usually where the challenge is. So I work with people individually like that. I've also gone in, I have one small business that I worked with that from the very beginning and um, the owner and founder had asked me to come in and I'd worked with him for about six months. And then I came in and worked with his entire staff. Mm. And we did a monthly coaching session with the entire team about the behaviors of how we wanted to work together. 
we uh, co-created and adjusted the mission, vision, and values of the organization so that the voices of the employees were included. Um, I also work with executive teams. I do a program um, called the Five Behaviors of a Cohesive Team, which is founded off of a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Five Dysfunctions of Teams. That one's been around for a while, but it's a really great program that's an accountability so that you can have healthy conflict and you can drive results from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And I am currently working on, um, I'm even a little uncomfortable to mention it, but I'll go ahead and put myself out there and step into that <laughs> courage and bravery. Um, I'm currently working on um, doing a few leadership retreats. And as everyone can imagine, with the pandemic and travel being very restrictive right now, that's, that's been pushed and put on hold a little bit. But so there's also an opportunity to work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, do you normally work with your clients? You mentioned six months. Is that, is that pretty much your standard to work with someone six months and then um, they are kind of done for a while? Absolutely not. what i've noticed is i customize for my clients i Mm -hmm. sit and talk to them and figure out what they need Um, i approach coaching a little differently instead of saying here's the package and you work with me for 18 months and this is what you're going to walk away with i would sit down with you linda and we would talk about what your goals are and where you need to go and then we customize it and so um, the only ask that I have of my clients is that they commit to 90 days. And after 90 days, we work on a month-by-month basis, believe it or not. And um, on average, if I go back and do the analytics from my business over the last 10 years that I've been doing executive coaching, um, my, my clients stay with me on average about 16 months, many wow. of them longer, some of them shorter, but it's about 16 months. Um, I would also you know, to Susan, say sometimes that they leave. I, I didn't mean to step on you. I apologize. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but you know, when I'm thinking about a small business owner, to commit to a year, twelve months, eighteen months, that can be a little daunting. So I I love your approach of kind of a month to month kind of thing. Absolutely. And what I was going to share is that. A lot of my clients will come in and will work heavily for six to nine months. That's, you know, that's where they've gotten to. And we make what I call coaching out. So we take a pause and then come Mm -hmm. back. About 35% of my clients will um, return to coaching after they've Mm -hmm. stepped away for a while. Yeah. So it's not a one and while to implement. Yeah, it takes a while to implement some things. And then once that's implemented, you know, there's always something else when you're in business, right? Absolutely. You either are experiencing a new environment from the economy or you're building more clients or you've decided mm-hmm. to engage in a new product or you're hiring new people. It's an ever-changing landscape. Definitely. You know, Susan, um, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I would love to hear about some of the clients that you've worked with and some of those stories. Do you have any that you might be able to share with us when we come back? Oh, how much time do we have? I have lots of stories. (laughs) I can extend the show. (laughs) 
I would love to share a story when we come back, Linda. Thank you. Great. Absolutely. So, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Susan Nelson. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're here with Susan Nelson, and we're talking about the importance and the value of business coaching. So, Susan, I ask if you happen to have some stories you could share. Before you share those stories, would you mind sharing your contact information in case someone's listening and they'd like to know more about you and and what you can offer? Absolutely. So you can find my website at www dot delta three c dot com or you can send me a direct email at susan at delta three c dot com. I'm actually out on LinkedIn as well. You're gonna look for Susan D. Nelson and put in Houston and you'll find me that way as well. Perfect. So I can hardly wait to hear some of those stories, Susan. Well fantastic. Well I'm I was sitting here during the break trying to decide which ones would be most valuable for this set of listeners? The one that, um, that comes to mind first is someone who wanted to leave a corporate job and their own thing. And it was a gentleman that I was working with who worked for a large energy company and was the best project manager they had. Superstar, everybody came to him. He did all the work. Um, he was the it guy, and he was miserable. Didn't want to do the work uh, anymore. He'd been doing it for about 15 years, was ready to move on to something new. He was so good at what he did, he was no mm-hmm. longer able to find new opportunities within the organization because he had been mm-hmm. pigeonholed. Yes. So he approached me, and we actually worked on two different work streams as we were coaching. So one was how did he gain more satisfaction and engagement and potentially create more visibility for himself for other potential opportunities within the organization. And at the same time, we also started looking at what his skill sets were as well as his natural themes of talent. I do an assessment um, that's called Strength Finders. And we discovered that he was highly competitive And there was no competition that happens in project management. That's just getting it Mm. done one step at a time. There's nobody to compete against. He also had had a background many years before in accounting and finance. And so as we started talking about it and moving through and discovering what his next career success might be, he zoned in on becoming a wealth manager. 
So he actually was managing other people's money, the financial planner in that, that, that arena. Um, so we became really clear as to what it would take to make that jump. He um, acknowledged that he was going to have to take a step back from a salary perspective and what he brought home, and we built an entire strategy around that, um, knowing that it would take about two years for him to be back where he was in that moment. We took about nine months to get to that point. At about a year, he jumped and moved into that wealth manager position. Started off with a small comp- with a with a larger company, and started doing some of that work, and then decided to, to go off on his own. And within a year, he was able to replace his salary from that corporate position, not two years. So that's one success wow. story that I love telling. You know, Susan, in listening to that, it reminds me of the 30-plus years that I spent in corporate banking. And you, it is very easy for that pigeonholing thing to happen because everybody, especially when you're good with what you're doing, at what you're doing, um, because they don't want to rock the boat, boat right. They just want to keep on, keep the production level up, they want everything to run smoothly, but a good leader will actually listen to their to their uh, their team to make sure that they're they're also happy with what they're doing, won't they? Absolutely, absolutely. We have so many hidden talents within the yeah. workforce that never get tapped into, and it's a real shame. It's a shame on both sides. It's a shame on the leader side for not for not doing more exploration and tapping into it. And it's a shame for those people that are working within that space that aren't standing up for themselves saying, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm really good at this. Can we, can we explore this in a different way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. So what else you got for us? I love that one. Um, so I've got another one that I tell often, and I have absolute permission from this client to tell. I had this uh, young professional um, she's in her early 40s, approached me working again within a large environment and was looking for a place to be happy because she had been mm-hmm. in a very toxic work environment and didn't know how to overcome that. And interestingly enough, when you're dealing with a toxic work environment, we feel like it's put upon us. And so we turned it around so she was really clear about what role she played in that. And as she looked for her next career success, her next business success, she knew what, what pitfalls to avoid. And she had a real clear idea on what she wanted to do. And the reason I want to tell this story to this group of listeners is because many times what gets in our way of success has nothing to do with the business, has nothing to do with the environment. It has everything to do with who we are and our own limiting beliefs and challenges that we put upon ourselves. So she finally found, we designed, and she found her dream job and came in. She was reporting to um, a a supervisor who reported directly to the CEO. It was a company of about 30,000 people, so definitely had a seat at the table. And what happened was she knocked it out of the park. We worked together on her leadership role and what she was doing with her team. And she was so impactful that she was so visible that the CEO asked her to fly from their location in Chicago 
to um, Japan for their annual conference to present in Japan. And wow. she called, she sent me a note and said, I, I need help. And I picked up the phone and she was in absolute tears and panic, full <laughs> panic attack. Yeah. Well, she, she didn't want to travel. And we started mm-hmm. talking about it. And the short version of this story is that she was in a plane crash eight years before from a business perspective. She was on a business flight. The engine caught fire and went down. And there was a death because of that. Someone died of smoke Mm. inhalation. She had such a fear of flying that she couldn't even drop somebody off at the airport beyond that. Mm. And when she was given this opportunity to do more, to be more, to advance, to actually achieve the goal that she set forth, she realized that not being able to get on a plane got in her way. She Mm. had worked with several therapists three or four, if I recall. And to be really clear, therapy is about the past, pain, healing, that sort of thing. Coaching is about your all-inclusive present and who you are today and how do you want to move that forward. So that was, that was the lens that we looked at when we started approaching this. Um, it took us about six months, um, but she actually got on a plane and flew from Chicago to San Diego and was able to go to a conference where she actually presented. And the success of the story is that she actually got back on the plane in San Diego and flew home. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just one way. She made the round trip. And since then, yeah. her husband has been able to surprise her with trips. She's been able to advance her career just like she wanted to. Well, Susan, it's amazing how sometimes something that happens in our life, and it certainly doesn't have to be, uh, to the magnitude of being in a plane crash, but there could be something that maybe happened with a, a prior employee or maybe someone tried to start their own business and it didn't quite work out, so they still hold on to those fears. Is that something that you work with your clients with as well? Absolutely. I work with clients to design what they want their business to look like, to design what they, who they want to be within that business versus practicing and exploring it through a space of default. So what that means is that many of us in this world and many entrepreneurs and folks that are on this, this call right now that are listening to your radio show are, have this really great talent of if they try it, they can have some level of success. They can, they can manage their way through that unforgivable drive can get you a lot of places. But what happens is we accept what shows up instead of creating and designing how we want it to look. And many times it's our own limiting beliefs and fears that get in the way. And believe it or not, Linda, one of the biggest things I encounter, and this is going to sound so counterintuitive, one of the biggest things I encounter with folks that start new businesses is not the fear of failure, the fear of success. And what do I do and how do I manage? And when I have 100 employees and when my bank account is full, what do I do then? What's next? Somebody else is going to figure out that I, I'm not really where I'm supposed to be. A bit of imposter mm. syndrome can show up. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, that's, that's very interesting, Susan. I did not expect that. That's for sure. Uh, I've always heard that 
that there's that fear of success. But when you lay it out and say, what if you have 100 employees? Oh, my goodness, that's too many employees for me. I, I just I can't do all of that. Well, what about if your bank account is full? I've never been at very good with money, so I don't know how to invest that. I don't know how to handle that. So it sets those uh, – it lowers the bar for us, doesn't it? Absolutely. And we get in our own way. We get in our yeah. own way as leaders and business owners. We tend to get in our own way. And that's one of the things that coaching can really do is it can help that level of self-awareness. It can create an accountability partner that doesn't necessarily have skin in the game, right? They're not within the company. It's a place where you can be vulnerable and be honest with yourself out loud and actually have somebody else hear it and say, mm, is that really true? And work mm. through those and build the strategies um, and help you move through them and hold you accountable. Because I think that the committee that lives in my head, I could probably um, convince them to agree with me on any idea I throw out on the table for them. Absolutely. I love that you use the word committee. So from a psychological perspective, that's called our inner critic, and we all have inner critics. Um, we have the voices in our head that um, – or get very loud whenever something comes up. I love that you mm -hmm. called it committee because um, uh, one of my first coaches and I talked about it and worked with it quite frankly and honestly for myself. And she coined it the itty bitty shitty committee. It is that group <laughs> of people that. that they don't, there is nothing positive about that inner critic. Yeah. And there's a whole group of them and they are loud and they mm -hmm. are not, necessarily trying to drive you toward being better. We talked mm -hmm. about mindset earlier, Linda. That's mm -hmm. where we shift our mindset. I love my committee now because I've mm. come to understand and grown to the point that I now know that when they show up, it means something I'm working on. It's really important. Mm. And it's really important it's, to me. Yeah, yeah gotten their attention something something big you're doing has gotten their attention and they want to get loud absolutely and i will challenge everyone that's listening right now when you hear that voice and i can tell you i have one that's constant um mine says that when i'm trying to do something mine says susan you're being lazy i don't know why that's my number one but it's my number one you're being lazy and the number one thing you can do is the first thing I do is say thank you. Thank you for reminding me that this is something important. The second thing mm. I do is I ask a question. Is that true? Am I really being lazy? The answer is usually I'm being efficient. I'm being innovative. I'm being creative. I'm actually being discerning as to what I choose mm. to do and choose not to do. It's not laziness. Mm -hmm. So just thank it and let it go and move on. If it is true, that's an opportunity for you to choose whether or not you want to adjust from there. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Um, I, I think my little committee in my head is um, it's very quiet. It's afraid I'm going to fire all of them. 
um, just by listening to what you had to say there. So, Susan, um, is, uh, one more time, how would someone get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about working with you? Absolutely. So the first thing I would advise is to visit my website at www.delta3c.com. There is a page out on the website where, guess what, Linda, if they go in and fill out the form and send me a note, I will actually gift them a coaching session. So your first, awesome. first coaching session is at no charge, and I'm happy to have that conversation with them. So they can fill out that form, and um, it will automatically be sent over to me, or they can send me an email at susan at delta3c.com, or you can always find me at link, on LinkedIn and send me a note through there. It's Susan D, as in David, Nelson, and throw in coaching or Houston, and you'll find me that way. Wonderful. Susan, is there one more thing that you would like to uh, leave for our audience to ponder um, about our, our interview today? So thank you for that question, Linda. That, that's a wonderful um, space to be able to step into. So the first thing that I would invite our listeners to ponder is what's getting in your way? And what tool would you like to use to be able to move beyond that? And consider coaching as that tool. Mm. Love it. Susan, thanks so much for being on the show today. You bring, so, you bring such value with everything that you do, and I really enjoyed you stepping into this and just being authentic and um, showing up as you. I love that. Thanks so much. Thank you, Linda. I really appreciate the invite and the opportunity to um, reach out to all these amazing listeners that you have today. Very good. So, folks, just as um, Susan was talking about, it, it is important for us to um, gain those levels of experience. And just because you start your own business, just because you decide to um, go into franchising, that doesn't mean that you have all those skills. It takes time, and it's okay. It takes time. There's usually a learning curve for everything. So as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This is a Les Brown quote. It takes someone with vision of the possibilities to attain new levels of experience, someone with the courage to live his dreams. Think about that, folks. Thanks so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising, and we'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.